Andy, my dude, have you heard of the magical website builder known as Squarespace? Ugh, not another Squarespace ad. I feel like every podcast is sponsored by them. <laughs> hey, 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 don't knock it till you try it. Yes, okay, it is overhyped. But actually, it lives up to the hype. Squarespace is like a website fairy godmother. With a click of a button, your site transforms into a beautiful masterpiece. A website fairy godmother? That sounds interesting. What makes it so magical? Well, for starters, those slick templates make anyone look like a professional web designer. Pick one, customize the colors and fonts to match your brand, and voila. Plus, the drag-and-drop fluid engine is so easy, your grandma could build a site on Squarespace. Well, she did knit me a lovely scarf last Christmas. Maybe website design is next. Exactly. And when you're ready to sell your Nana's handmade scarves online, Squarespace has built-in e-commerce. Add a store with one click. Get flexible payment options. Then watch those sales roll in. And when she wants to teach others her steezy scarf skills, Squarespace's new courses feature is just the ticket. Nana can set up her curriculum and enrollments and payments in a snap and become the next e-knitting influencer. Wow, you really sold me with the grandma angle. Sign me up for that free try. Just go to thenextreel.com slash Squarespace and transform your site into a beautiful Squarespace masterpiece. Well, thanks, Pete. Even though it's overhyped, Squarespace actually sounds perfect for Nana's site's needs. Appreciate the warning on the ads, though. I'll brace myself next time I listen to a podcast. Anytime. Let me know if you need any help getting that site up and running. Andy, can you believe we've almost hit 700 episodes of The Next Reel? I know, it's crazy. And with all the other episodes in our family of podcasts, we are well over 1,200 episodes of movie conversation. It's really pretty amazing that we've gotten to have these in-depth movie chats every week for over a decade now. And we couldn't have done it without our loyal community of film fans. Their support over the years has meant so much. For sure. That reminds me, we should give the merch store a shout out. Buying shirts from thenextreel.com slash merch is a great way listeners can continue to support the show. Plus, they get to support our great designs. Absolutely. I think sometimes folks forget we have a variety of shirts, mugs, phone cases, and more available. In fact, a great place to start is with a shirt sporting the Next Reel's logo. We also have that classic Fast Times Spicoli Surf School tee, or the weirdly popular Rusty's European Tour shirt. The one from National Foods European Vacation. Why is that so popular? <laughs> Search me, but we have sold a ridiculous number of those. I guess there are a lot of Rusties taking trips to Europe? We're always adding new designs based on movies we've covered, like our brand new design for a streetcar named Desire, featuring a streetcar named Desire. So if you want to rep your love of TNR and films, head to thenextreel.com slash merch. Every purchase helps us continue to have these weekly in-depth conversations. So visit thenextreel.com slash merch today. And as always, thanks for listening and being a part of the Next Real community. We've got lots more great movie chats coming your way. It's showtime, folks. Enjoy the show. A fine Saturday matinee to you all. Mandy Kaplan, Tommy Metz. Hello. 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 Uh, you're fantastic <laughs> for being here. You sound like the movie phone guy. Do you remember Mr. Movie Phone? 
I never used it, but didn't he always just sort of say, and for Charlie's Angels, press three. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Well, great. Welcome to Movie Phone. I actually once convinced yeah. people at a party uh, after I'd had liquor that I was the guy that sang the theme. It is my voice that sings the in and out commercial. Would you do that for us? In and out, in and out. And I convinced them that I was, and I got like a number because that was back when we would give numbers and stuff. Can and we I, get them as an official sponsor so you, I can get free double doubles? And the double double is the yeah. win. Hello. And now, Mandy, we know never to say to Tom, would you do that for us? That's a mistake. Those are trigger words now. They just mm-hmm. became trigger words. Uh, welcome, everybody, to the Next Real Saturday matinee, our weekly show where the Next Real team gets together to talk about news, reviews, new trailers, our weekly list challenges, and so, so much more. I'm Pete Wright with Tommy Metz and Mandy Kaplan, and we are talking about, first, the news. Can we follow up on Ted Lasso? I don't know if you listened to last week's show, but my goodness, that Ocean Murph, he has a thing for Ted Lasso, as do I, as does the universe. Uh, And I know, Tom, you have now watched one episode. Mandy, where do you stand? Have not watched it. (sighs) Want to watch it. Now, look. Enjoy everything about it, just haven't watched it. Mandy, I'm telling you, Tom. Mm -hmm. Catch me if I like. This is a Mandy show. Yeah, well, because I don't care about sports, and I love it. And I've only seen one episode, so I would think you would love it. And to go to, because we were talking about how the character, I was saying that it was not cringe culture because it, you know, I was tired of seeing Will Ferrell characters that are like really confident idiots. And you had said, well, Ted Lasso is kind of a confident idiot, but what you didn't get at was, or maybe you did and I wasn't listening. I'm watching Netflix right now, uh, is uh, the sweetness. He's so sweet. He has a confidence that just comes from a everything's going to work out versus I'm smart enough to game the system. And yeah. so yeah. it's really neat. Yeah, I think there's I think there's a little bit more to that, which is once you get through. the, And I've now I, I told you we've now watched it twice. And uh, I, I think that confident idiot bit it belies his sophistication. And right. I think by the time you get to those last two episodes, you see he's a maniacal genius and he kills the entire team. So. Oh, it turns out to be a real Jonestown kind of a thing. Sorry, did you not? You haven't gotten there? Okay. (laughs) Now it combines some of my favorite things. Football, cults. Do they burst into song? I'm sold. <laughs> Ryan Murphy's take on Jonestown oh, in a, a little yes. a little burg in yeah. London. The the real news though is that uh is that he gets a he gets a season 3. You'll note we're still watching season 1. He just got his season 3 renewal. Yeah, you know, I did notice that even before its second season has gone into production, they've already said we're in it. So that's a great yeah. sign. That's his heart. Yeah. And I love Jason Sudeikis. That's great. And he's, everyone yeah, is really win. neat. Yeah. He's, he's he, so winning. Everything I've ever seen him in, he's so winning. He really is so smart, too. Uh, and and I think both uh, Brendan, Brendan, what's his name? You Brendan know. Hunt. Brendan Hunt. What? Old pal. What? Really? Uh, you, yeah. know, you know Brandon Hunt? Brendan Hunt? Brendan. Yeah. Brendan. You know Brendan yeah. I Brendan and I did a musical, a country western musical. Oh, I saw many, that musical many years ago. Yeah, I forgot that he was in that. That's right. Ma- yeah, Mandy played a waitress. I did. Server, sorry. Does your fame know no bounds? <laughs> I know she <laughs> knows so many fancy people. This is yeah, amazing. Well, you tell him from me. I love him so okay. hard. He is Ooh. great, Coach Beard. Oh. Mm. Perfect. Feel, I will feel free to massage a little bit of that, Mandy. Yeah, you, you do it. You play that however <laughs> yeah. you want. I'm yeah. fine. It's all good. I'm going to leave the kissing out. Very yeah. progressive. 
Uh, but and now that we're talking about uh, a little bit of Apple TV stuff, I'm curious your take on uh, and your potential renewed fandom on this bit of news where we hear this week that the good, the talented John Stewart is returning to uh, TV, I guess, on Apple TV+. Plus. Apple TV. Yeah, yeah, he's turning to the Apple TVist of TVs, and uh, he's going to be doing a, quote, current events show for Apple TV+. Plus. Uh, obviously, former anchor of The Daily Show. He's now got this deal. He's been quiet. I mean, he's he directed uh, some stuff. He's written a bunch of stuff. He's quite an advocate. But in terms of his daily kind of uh, um, just sort of, uh, what, what do you call that? His sort of viral load <laughs> of Jon Stewart. He has Gross. been uh, fairly under the radar. And yes. I'm, I am I feel like this is, uh, man. It's been a void. Yeah. I've missed him. Totally. I adore him and cannot wait to watch and support anything he does. I wonder. I have if, been getting my fix through John Oliver. I know it's a completely yeah. different person, but that's what this show maybe sounds like because it said somewhere that it was going to maybe take on one big topic each time and to yes. do a deep dive with someone like him. Uh, I we need more John Oliver shows, so that would be great. I I think so too, and I I think Trevor Noah has done mm-hmm. has done the good work of carrying the water for the Daily Show, but it is also a different show, right? It's a different show mm-hmm. in tone. It's a different show in just sort of the texture of it and the the comedians that he is shepherding into the media landscape the way Stewart used to do. It's just a different show, and of course now he's faced with you know we're faced with all of the ho- the the comedy news hosts dealing with the you know pandemic. Right. Um, to your point, I think John Oliver is probably he's he's my favorite of the batch right now too. Sure, uh, the white what void. pandemic? <clears throat> oh, Mandy, <clears throat> have you not? Oh, what? <clears throat> oh, you have got to read the news. <laughs> oh my God, as Pete is literally coughing. <laughs> oh, God. Right, it's been a, been a rough day. I think, and I'm excited by. I mean, I'm sad, but also energized by a world that is that so needs his commentary that he is coming back. Yeah. I can imagine him just writing or saying jokes into the mirror because I don't understand how normal people live their lives. (laughs) And so I like that he has stepped out for this period, but then knock on wood, depending on how the election goes, there's still so much to fix and there's so much to talk about. And to not just be soaked up by the president each day, there's something really to be to look forward to about that. And seemingly he'll be doing it on his own terms. Right. In his voice. Right. Which is cool. Right. I've I, always been a tremendous fan. I get the feeling. Uh, Do you see his bit on uh, what was the thing that John Krasinski did? Uh, yeah, some good early news. On? Some good news. Do you see John Stewart's bit on some yep. good news? Was exceptional. Sure and it reminded yep. me how great and, as you say, how like needed he is. So I ask that as a super leading question when what I really imagine is that John Stewart is uh, Kal-El, like returning to Earth from Krypton because we couldn't do it on our own. It's like Superman Returns. Oh, Superman. It's, it's Brandon Routh. Uh, coming back, landing in the field, and he's like, "You screwed it up. I'm doing. I'm going to fix it again. We'll be fine. I'm super hunky. Uh, flying's the safest way to travel." And he's like, "Move aside, Samantha yeah, B. I right. got this." That Even is, though I love Samantha, Samantha B. Samantha B. is fantastic, and she too. Yeah. She and they've been doing fantastic work during the pandemic in their backyard in the woods. It's great, but um, but I just I, I feel like Stuart is he's he's coming back to to right wrongs and i think he yeah. i think he probably still has it i think he really has it on apple tv plus i'll be very interested to see how they handle uh this bit and 
especially since HBO, I mean, and this is the article we'll post in the show notes from the New York Times, that HBO has sort of seeded its premiere status, right, with HBO Max. And it's just HBO's in, it's just cluttered uh, right now, right? Yeah. Where is the where is the prestige programming from HBO right now? I think we have Big Little Lies, but it's it is buried in this mass of of craziness right and um and so it, it it appears with this acquisition and notes that apple tv plus is looking to acquire things like or at least approached mgm for things like bond that they're trying to establish themselves as the oh. hbo of 1985 uh, you mean to with, make new Bond movies? Well, no, they wanted to actually, uh, they were looking at, uh, apparently, rumor has it, that they wanted to actually pay to get uh, No Time to Die uh, to oh, direct the to new stream. One. Oh, The wow, new one we, that is stuck yeah. in pandemic purgatory. Uh, so I think that would be really interesting. And I, I wonder, I mean, since, you know, Apple should just buy MGM. They've been struggling for years anyway, but um, it, it'd be interesting to see what it would cost to get something like like James Bond to get this sort of prestige stuff. There was a time when H when HBO had a new series coming on. It was sort of all I could think of. And yeah. it was right away. And now, like I just I mentioned before we started recording that I just started the first episode of The Undoing, which I love. And I love Big Little Lies, the aforementioned. But, you know, there's just a lot of shows on there like The Third Day I'm sort of getting into and uh, We Are Who We Are. I'm having trouble with uh, Lovecraft Nation, Country Nation. I'm having a little trouble yeah, with. Yeah, like, I had trouble with that It's too. just like a lot of yeah, it's a ton of shows, but they don't have the same hold that they used to. Yeah, and it, but but I mean, part of that may just be also a result of maximum TV. There's also just 900 things to watch at all times. So. Right. Yeah. Well, there's surely that. I I think this idea of having fewer but spending more, creating bigger properties, uh, is is probably pretty good. And I I do think that Apple TV. You know, they've I don't know. Did you watch Greyhound? I did. Yeah. <laughs> That was all right. It was just okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So they're getting there. They're getting there. But man, if they had, uh, I, I don't think they got the, I don't think there's any news on Bond, but you know. Okay. If they get that. I think that's a, that becomes an issue. That becomes a, a power play. Power move. I would like to talk about Borat, the subsequent movie film. Is that all right, Pete? <laughs> you do not need my permission. I just oh, forgot. I mean, I call you daily to ask permission on no. everything, so yeah. I figure, why stop now? That's why Mandy's such a big fan of The Vow on yeah. HBO Max. Oh. <laughs> she's asking for she's asking mm. for permission all the time. Oh, second cult reference. Um, yep. No, I, uh, I, Tommy said he had seen this, and Pete has not. No. But the debate is always with Borat, like, how much do people know? What the heck do you tell people to get them to agree to appear on camera. And it fascinates me. I just read that the woman who played the babysitter has now come out and said, nope, I didn't know a thing. They were brilliant. They were tricky. I don't begrudge them. You're wondering how they, how in today's society you can continue to get away with that kind of a thing? Yeah. Um, I don't know. It's a good question. I think that people like cameras. Mm -hmm. I think that a lot of people aren't, like I'm very gun shy of cameras. Release forms are like might as well be subpoenas for certain things. Or the, the things we all click when we want. It. Yes, I agree to all the terms. On this oh website. yeah, terms and conditions. Yeah, yeah exactly yeah. Right. Just, um, right. And so why people, how people like Giuliani get caught up in it, 
I have no idea. It's just a complete lack of foresight. And obviously he's surrounded by sycophants that are not yeah. reading anything. Uh, but normal people. And he ends up alone in a hotel room with a young woman. Yeah. With no security, no yeah. assistant handlers. Um, but no, I mean, I think a lot of people don't watch as much media maybe as we do. And so they're, yeah. uh, I'm not exactly sure, but it's a good question. It's surprising. When it's, I heard that they had filmed this in secret during the pandemic, I was like, I'm glad that the film did reference, though. It showed him being sh seen a lot and people walking up trying to take selfies and saying, hey, it's Borat. I love you. Mm. So he was very recognized to a certain amount of people. But then uh -huh. uh, but I also like that this film showed even the first film was so much about taking advantage of rubes. This mm -hmm. one still had part of that, but also secretly filmed a lot of sweetness like the, yeah. like the aforementioned babysitter who turns out right. to be a really lovely person and an right. ad advocacy for women's rights and all of this. And yeah. the joke being that the, uh, her, his oh daughter, it was his daughter, mm -hmm. uh, is able to, it's like the woman is the straight man and the daughter just throws the comedy at the screen. I thought that was really interesting. It was a neat way to go. Yeah. yeah. Okay, so two questions. So yeah. now you've both seen it. Did you, did you personally buy it? Did you buy what what he's going for in making these movies in this style? I don't know that I bought it, but I didn't care. I laughed. Okay. And I am a very critical viewer, particularly of comedy, and I laughed out loud a bunch of times. So I'm grateful for the gift of that. I, it's hard to say whether or not I bought it. Uh, there are times when it's extremely upsetting and scathing about America. And there mm -hmm. are times when it's just ridiculous and silly and it's easier to buy those times. I bought it, I buy it a lot more than I did uh, religious, religious which was Bill Mars. <laughs> I like I'm bringing it up like it's a time yeah. reference. Religiosity, right. I think it was called. Religiosity. Uh, religiosity. No, I think it, it was. No, I thought I think it was I'm, religious. I'm 100% right, but I like to, yes, and. Because um, oh. it's, it's changing the word religion into ridiculous. <laughs> yes. Um, anyways, uh, because he, what he did, the reason I bring it up is because that was also directed by Larry Charles, who directed the first yes. Borat movie. What right. Borat doesn't do, and which Bill Mars' film really does, is they use deceptive editing. He'll yeah. make a joke and then they'll cut before anybody has a chance to react. Whereas the mm -hmm. Borat aesthetic is more let people go. Right. And mm -hmm. a lot of times they're burying themselves. But yeah. So. Well, I, I remember that sense in the first Borat movie, how stunning it is to watch people when they believe they're in an authentic environment, reveal their true colors and do so in a way that is they're presented with just unbelievably confounding ridiculousness and they don't question it right they just go on and reveal their true colors this time i'm really curious because my sense is that you know that experience of dealing with borat on the street knowing because he's now a cultural icon of some level right he's now uh he's famous and i feel like the message that I get just from watching the clips that I've watched is that, look, now we're still presenting that same ridiculousness. It's the same message and we get the same disconnect. And now 
they are even more guilty of being disconnected from the people they represent, right? The politicians and the leaders, because now there's no excuse. Borat's a big deal, and they still don't know who the people are listening to, who the people are laughing at, (laughs) right? Like, there is a, there is, that disconnect, I think, is important, and I wonder if that's part of his uh, initiative, if that's part of the mirror he's trying to hold up for us, and if that, if it works. It's hard to know. I mean, there's a family that he shacks up with and my thinking is they're all like oh sure it's like the kardashians we know what this is we Mm want to do this and i don't know that that was as prevalent 10 whenever the first borat was i can't even think of it right so i don't think people were so familiar with that concept of like oh you're gonna bring cameras into my house and you're just gonna film us in our everyday lives got it got it like so i think to some degree that made it easier for him to infiltrate mm. that lovely family yeah i i remember laughing at the first one i remember the getting incredibly uncomfortable it, it sounds like i should probably watch this yeah i think you'll <laughs> do right. both at this one as well all right let's do trailers and you know what i'm gonna do the first trailer let me tell you what happened so we got uh, we got a message from uh mandy in our back in uh, Discord alleged channel. Alleged message. Alleged message. We got a message saying, hey, I can't put my Wait, trailer it's alleged in the... <laughs> by you. It's, <laughs> that's not the message is alleged. <laughs> that's so many... That's so alleged. This is a real, yeah. real LA law. Um, and, yeah. and so I am... Uh, I, I hear that Mandy can't because she can't get it into the database and it's acting up and I use the opportunity knowing that she has a a trailer on deck and I go ahead and I fix the problem and put my trailer in first just so I could for once for one time beat Mandy on the clock (laughs) that was it it'll never happen again my friend (laughs) take your victory lap do your dance my trailer is Raya and the Last Dragon an upcoming uh, Disney uh, animated film and it apparently will uh, hit theaters March 2021. And so they released a what they're calling a teaser, but it's a two and a half minute long teaser, a two minute straight teaser of some just glorious animation. It looks awesome. It is sumptuous uh, where uh, we are learning of the legend of the world of Kumandra, a, a place where humans and dragons once lived together in harmony. It has been 500 years, and monsters now threaten the land, and it is up to our lone warrior Raya to track down the last dragon and finally stop the Druun for good. Uh, it is a journey film. It looks absolutely beautiful, directed by Don Hall and Carlos Lopez Estrada. Do we know their work from other things? It really does. Yeah. It really does. I'm already in love with that little rolly thing. Well, and the the cast is fantastic. I mean, right in the lead, Kelly Marie Tran and Aquafina. Uh, Just incredible voice talents. Uh, Kelly Marie Tran is playing uh, Raya and Aquafina is a water dragon who can transform into a human and is the last dragon in existence. Oh. Spoiler, it's Aquafina. They That's just a- couldn't lost her number. <laughs> the original title for the movie, I believe, was Spoiler, it's Aquafina. That's, <laughs> so that, where's the uh, dragon? That's what we see swimming for like the very last second over the credits. 
That's my guess. That's my guess? Okay. Is your I don't know. Up? Okay. I don't know. Cool. So I thought it looked great. You liked it. Yeah, and, yes. I, and I don't care about animation usually. No, that's so dumb. I always, part you of my identity. You say that a lot right is, before I you say, say I love this one, but I, I hate all others. I yeah. know. I do that every single time. And I've loved like almost everything Pixar has released except for Cars. So I don't know why I keep saying that. But no, I was, when I saw Ray and the Last Dragon, I was like, that sounds like anime or animation, and I was not excited, and then I was immediately hooked by the trailer. So thank you for it's posting great. it. It's great. It's like Lara Crofty and uh, Raiders of the Lost yep. Arky, and I, I... Oh, Oof. it looks great. Yep. I can't wait to see it. It is uh, just interesting on the Disney and Pixar dealing with their sexual harassment accusation time. Uh, this is the first movie without any involvement from John Lasseter who oh, has wow. been completely dark. The first Disney animation without John Laster since Chicken Little in 2005. Wow. But uh, they, say, they say sometimes at night you can still see his Hawaiian <laughs> shirt in the hallway. He wears Hawaiian shirts. <laughs> the end. So many Hawaiian shirts. All right. So I already said it. March 2021. Be on the lookout. Uh, teaser looks fantastic. Link in the show notes. Who Love it. is next? I'm going to guess yeah. it's Mandy. I believe it is. Ah, darn it. I'm trying to... Okay, I'm trying to find my... What a disaster she is. I know. <laughs> what a disappointment. We're going to cut this in post. Okay, my movie is called Wander Darkly. <laughs> and it is the reason I take Xanax. No, my uh, movie is called The Prom on Netflix. The adaptation by Ryan Murphy of the Broadway smash musical called The Prom. And the cast is stellar. The look of it is colorful and bright and heartwarming. And it's Meryl Streep and Nicole Kidman and James Corden and Andrew Rannells. It just looks... Keegan-Michael Key, who I have a big old crush on, it just looks fantastic and I'm so excited. We have come to this community behalf of a young girl. I just want to go to prom like any other kid. All opposed. You're not alone. And you do have friends. And we are ride or die. Where are they? Okay, well, let's give this girl a prom! I had a joke lined up when I started watching the trailer because I didn't know much about it. And I was like, my joke was going to be, man, they let Ryan Murphy direct everything. And then at the end, it said directed by Ryan Murphy. <laughs> I didn't know that his style has seeped into me. I'm a big Ryan Murphy fan when yeah. it's good. But this trailer, I said to myself, as well, I'm talking to myself all the time. Thanks, COVID. But I was just like, God, I love musicals. I just forget the there's uh, musicals and well, this is a really well done trailer. Um, mm -hmm. uh, it's very much in the exact same style that the trailer for Greatest Showman was. Pick a song, run with it, give a basic idea and then hit it out of the park at the very end. Um, it just gives me goosebumps. I'm just so excited. For yeah. It. Yeah. Me too. It's not saccharine. Like it is a happy story, but it's not all like. Everybody just doing everything because they love each other. There's a lot of cynicism and humor and a 
you know, a darker tone to some of it. And I just am so excited. I can't wait. I can't wait. I don't I don't know any I really don't know any of the music. I None of it. Nothing felt familiar to me uh, about this, which is weird because I, I sort of I guess I'm not I don't truck that much in musicals anymore, but I feel like I'm kind of in touch with, with going on. I missed everything about this musical. Everything. I'll call you later and sing a lot of the songs. I was hoping that that would happen. And, You're welcome. Um, yeah. It, it is. Uh, I really like it because from what I can tell, it's one of those where Murphy, and I think he's kind of exceptional at this, takes a very small story and makes it unbelievably large <laughs> Yeah. Uh, in production. Like, here's a very small thing and we're going to blow it up. And by the end, you won't remember that it's actually a very small story. You'll feel like all small stories should be told with this level of showmanship. Uh, and so I'm, I'm looking forward to it for that alone because I think he has a unique skill in doing that for us. It's like my dinner with Andre directed by Cirque du Soleil. <laughs> it's just out of control. Yeah. Uh, anyway, I'm, I'm looking forward to it. When can we see it? December 11th on Netflix. Mm-hmm. I'm super excited. You know what I'm not doing anymore? Like maybe reflexively or whatever. I'm not still Crack. having that. <laughs> yes. Uh, uh, I am not going, man, I wish I could have watched that on the big screen. <gasps> I'm okay. It's the trailer gave me goosebumps. I'm going to be fine. Yeah. I think I'm changing. Is that you're a, all grown up? I'm all grown up. Yeah. Um, I, my feel, I feel a trailer. Yeah. Oh, it's the prom again, right? You're just doing the prom. Prom my again. trailer is. Ryan Murphy's The Prom. (laughs) I just deliver it like it's a joke that no one just made. Mine is something that I don't know anything about. Sundance liked it. It's an official, and apparently Sundance is still a thing. It's called Wander Darkly. I've told this story so many times, it's almost like it's a fantasy. This was real. This is real. You know, we both deserve to be happy. Are you happy? Yeah, sure. Oh, that's convincing. Why are we even together anymore? We have a newborn baby. We just closed escrow. You want to split up? I want to... To everything there is a season. A time to be born. And a time to die. She was dark from the beginning. Of time? Of us. It is, it looks spooky and it looks really uplifting and it looks sweet. And one of the uh, quotes is, it looks like I'm watching a poem. That was one of the reviewers said. And I was like, I like poems and fonts. So anything that involves the afterlife or a look into the afterlife, I'm always addicted to. And so this is something that I thought uh, would be right up my alley. What'd you guys think? I'm out. I can't. <laughs> yeah. It is truly my my race to the Xanax bottle topic. So But it looks so romantic at times. Makes me it I genuinely have a fear of death and like I can't watch movies where somebody's facing death or in death or trying to get back from death. Like mm-hmm. And you hate poems. I do actually. Yeah. Okay. So fair <laughs> well, enough. Like any movie I don't know. It's like watching a poem. Fuck <laughs> oh no, sorry. I didn't mean- <laughs> 
sorry. Mandy feels nice. very strongly about poetry. Wow. Yeah. It's, it's just a pretentious review. Like, that's just, it turns me <laughs> off to think I'd be watching a poem. Uh. That's what I felt like when I watched Tree of Life. Pete, what did you think of the trailer? I think I liked it better than Mandy uh, because I also loved uh, Eternal Sunshine of the Spotless Mind. And I loved What Dreams May Come. This and is very I, akin like, to that. Yeah, You're right. Yeah. And and I feel like for those those movies, I think it's uh, and, and I, too, have some issues about death and uh, and uh, but but I do feel like no Mandy movies... has the copyright on that sorry everyone else is super psyched <laughs> about death all the time I do feel like these movies for me at least uh, enable kind of a conversation with death you know it's like in my head like I feel like oh this is how somebody else is dealing with this kind of stuff they're making <laughs> wacko movies about it and I can converse with that right I can just I can address it I can I can be in a kind of dialogue with it uh, and so I'm, I'm looking forward to it. I hated Tree of Life, though. I am on the record as being an, uh, the antagonist for Tree of Life. I thought it was ridiculous. And but I did don't you see that, that one lightly. scene where he was shooting at the sun through a tree? Just kidding. That's the whole movie. Uh, Wander Darkly <laughs> is coming out on December 11th, 2020. I will be watching The Prom that day. So I, I am yeah. booked solid. Yep. Oh, I'm just going to watch the Raya trailer 97 times. <laughs> I, I really did love that trailer. Yeah. We did it. New segment, everybody. We're very excited to bring a new review segment to you all. Marvel Reviews by Mandy and Tom. <laughs> uh, what we're trying to do is really uh, address a, a whole market of movie lovers who maybe don't have the same level of attention to these big blockbuster superhero movies that that a lot of us here around the next reel do. And uh, it, it, we know that you, too, uniquely have a voice that might represent them. Mm. And as such... I thought we might pick a movie that falls right in both of your wheelhouses, that it is about a subject matter which you care very little or, in Tom's case, are terrified of. And, and this is the most important bit, what? Yeah. neither have you, of you have seen the movie. <laughs> okay. And what, we, you, what want re- you want us to review it? Now, this movie has a lot going for it. It is 2018's Ant-Man and ah. the Wasp. Ah. Now, sure, sure. as you know, Tom has a legendary anxiety, a phobia of ants and walked out of the original Ant-Man the moment the first giant ant, computer-generated fake ant, appeared on screen. Do you um, remember my much-beloved catchphrase? <laughs> nope. <laughs> yeah, do I? Which I inadvertently screamed in a... Completely packed theater. That has become uh, a, a call in our house. Everybody knows that now. Nope. Um, was it Attica? Attica? No? No. It was just nope. It was literally nope. That's the whole thing. Oh. Yeah, um, the ant showed up and I went nope and walked out of the theater. And I was in the middle row. So I had to like walk past 20 people while I was itching my arms. <laughs> now, here's the, here's the thing about this movie. It, 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 I mentioned 2018. It, it, they created kind of a beloved character in Paul Rudd's Ant-Man. Um, and yeah. the director, Peyton Reed, has brought us some fantastic uh, movies, fantastic satires, the director behind Bring It On, uh, The Breakup. Legally um, Blonde. Legally Blonde, absolutely. Like, Peyton Reed is in our wheelhouse here, right? Okay. Um, and we love uh, the ageless Paul Rudd. You know, he's 
50 this year, Paul Rudd. He is? Not a day over 22. I'm not kidding. Fifty In my years dreams, old. He's thirty-eight. <laughs> anyway, and the other for for a lot of us is Evangeline Lilly, who is uh, a um, our favorite Canadian cast member from Lost. Uh, oh, is she that Freckles? Is a, she's it's Freckles. She plays Hope Van Dyne. She is introduced as the Wasp. This is the other miniature uh, 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 character character who can be big and get very small. She is the sophisticated sort of uh, uh, partner. Alice from Alice in Wonderland. Right. She's the, the okay, the partner. That's what so I'm leaning, right? Here is Big Small? I am, no? yes, Big Small. Here is the review. Scott Lang, played by Paul Rudd, balances being both a superhero and a father. Hope Van Dyne and Dr. Hank Pym present an urgent new mission that finds the Ant-Man fighting alongside the Wasp to uncover secrets from their past. We've all just watched the trailer, and now uh, I invite you, listener, to join us as we uh, hear Tommy and Mandy reviewing their complete review of Ant-Man and the Wasp. What'd you think? I like movies that cut to black when people are talking. And if this movie cuts to black as much as... As uh, when people are talking as the trailer does, I think it mm-hmm. would be outstanding. Forgive me. I, I thought Ant-Man was more of a parody of Marvel movies and had more humor and tongue in cheek and a wink. And it, this didn't at all. This was just like badass action. Like it just didn't appeal to me on any level. I, I'd like to I'd like to list um, five names and see if you can tell me what you think they have in common. OK. Gabriel Ferrari. Andrew Barrer, Paul Rudd, Eric Summers, and Chris McKenna. They're a list of four people I've not heard of. <laughs> Plus Paul Rudd. And, and then there's Paul Rudd. Who are four people who have never been in my kitchen? Are those all They're, wasps? They are all writers on the film. And I just wonder if there's any rule about having a minimum of five writers on, uh, on a, a movie like this. It's usually a great sign. <laughs> Nothing. Yeah, it's like that. Did this movie do well? Like, did people like it? Yes, I would say IMDb. Yeah. It is a 7.1 on the IMDb scale. Uh, clearly exceeds the six star uh, watchability rating oh. rule. Paul Rudd is a really fun. He's sort of the most relatable for me person in all of the Marvel family universe yes. the family universe mm-hmm. because he he's always sort of like he's almost an audience surrogate he's yes. not that good at what he's doing he's always trying to catch up to his own uh technology which makes right, him relatable right. mandy what is ant-man and the wasp about uh it's about a father trying to protect his family and the universe and his creators who gave him all this technology also created the wasp and they're going to partner them up to fight crime before bedtime. There is a building, but it's actually a suitcase in disguise. And they have to get the building suitcase on a roller across town at the last second. And they're being chased by a Hello Kitty Pez dispenser. <laughs> and it's like watching a poem. <laughs> and it's like watching a poem. It's Terrence Malek's Ant-Man and the Wasp. One of the, uh, one of the performers in this film, uh, that we don't see in the trailer is Walton Goggins. Are you familiar oh, with Walton? Yes. Oh, I love You're familiar Walton, with Walton Goggins. Goggins. All right. Mm-hmm. I'm curious if you could. <laughs> I'm curious if you could reflect on what you imagine 
a guy like Walton Goggins would do in a movie like this. Play an evil, evil, power-hungry, mad guy. Well, what insect does Walton Goggins most resemble? <laughs> because I assume everyone else in the movie is just more insects. We've got ants and wasps. They're no friends, but they're palling around in here. So Walton Goggins is what, like praying mantis, maybe? But like do, a racist do, praying mantis? <laughs> do you want to know? That's the first thing I thought of, too. Really? Walton Goggins is a praying mantis. I had a feeling you were going to go down that road. Let me name a few other people you, you didn't see much of, if at all, in the trailer and see what other insects you think they actually played. Uh, now, we did see a little bit of lovable Michael Pena. He's delightful in the first Ant-Man, which I did watch with the help of Justin Yeager. Uh, host of the show, uh, because he would tell me when I could look back at the screen when all the ants were gone. And it turns out, not very much, but Michael <laughs> Pena is very sweet. If he was an insect, he'd be a golden retriever. Is that an insect? How about uh, Bobby Cannavale? What do you think he is, Mandy? Walton Goggins' evil boyfriend. Yeah, or like a junkyard dog. We've really pivoted from, from insects to, you know, dogs. Oh. And I'm just curious oh, about how we did insect? that. That's what I, I'm just going by Tom's review so far. I said praying mantis, and then I immediately forgot of every other type of insect. <laughs> <laughs> so that's why I, I have gone to canine. Uh, Mandy, what do you think that Bobby Cannavale, if he was an insect? A scorpion. I like, are those insects? I don't know. He had them crawling in his ears in Jumanji is mm, all I know. Don't care for it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Outstanding. A couple more. The lovely Michelle Pfeiffer. Weirdly, we're doing Ant-Man and the Wasp, and this is where Casey is in his viewing of the canon of Marvel movies. So okay. he explained to me that she was the Wasp, but she's disappeared, and they're not sure like if she's dead or not in sending messages. So she is a like the older incarnation of the Wasp. Not bad. Because you can't be like, your child is stupid. You can't uh, say yeah. that, So you're like, yeah, that's dead on. Good job, Casey. No, yeah. Casey's brilliant. <laughs> yeah. uh, that's great. Uh <laughs> but if she was a wasp, she'd be like a sexy Halloween costume lady wasp. Like how all, oh. all insects become sexy on Halloween. Like it'd be like a wasp in a coconut bra. So sexy. <laughs> wow. Tommy, do you need a minute? I, I wow. peaked during um, Bugs Bunny. <laughs> that was my sexual prime. So everything is a coconut bra to me. <laughs> uh, I, okay. Uh, one more. And that is the good uh, Dr. Hank Pym played by Michael the Game Douglas. Yeah. I feel like have we run out of names for fictional people? Dr. Hank Pim? That can't be. That's such oh, a yeah. weird Pim name. Van Dyne. That's another one. Dr. Van Janet Van Dyne. Yeah. yeah I don't. I That's guess we wasp. just ran out of. Okay. Yeah, no. So now it's just letters. What insect gets his wife? <laughs> Family podcast. <laughs> I think it's the beetle. <laughs> All right, enough. I, I any final, please final comments because this uh, Ant Man and the Wasp has just become extraordinarily pornographic, and yeah. uh, no, so I'm, I'm wondering if you could bring us three home. and a half wings. I would say it's a real stinger. There we go. Uh, Mandy and Tom uh, actually uh, reviewing Ant Man and the Wasp 2018 Peyton Reed film, which they have never seen, and now. Let's do lists. Lists. 
Everybody loves a list. There's usually more than one. This week on the show, we're talking about Piranha on the main show, and that means we're talking about ridiculous breath-holding sequences. Uh, Have you seen Piranha? Do you know about the Piranha? Either of you? I was a big fan of the reboot of Piranha that Alex, somebody did. Piranha 3D or Piranha 3 Double D or something. I I like that. Well, that was the, there was the, there's the 3D and the 3 Double. Those were different things. Uh, I like the first one of those with Adam Scott and Marcellus Wallace. I don't remember his name. The first one, the first movie is about Piranha. There are slightly government uh, altered uh, Piranha. They get into. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah. Yeah. Why is that? Well, because to they, make them even more scary, or yeah, so that they can they breed much faster, oh. and they were in the hope as a plot. Okay, here we're gonna. I'll, let me just unravel it for you. Okay, they were invented in this government lab to destroy Vietnam. They were going to be <laughs> unleashed. Oh, scientists! That, I mean this. I mean this is serious. This was dead serious. Government tried to do this to release this particular strain of piranha into the rivers of Vietnam during the war to destroy Vietnam because it would eat all of the fish. Of course, what they weren't thinking about was what happens when this special happy breeding uh, live forever version of our piranha gets into like, you know, other river systems and oceans in the world. I guess they'll do everything. So they kept them in this abandoned government silo in high up in the mountains with one crazy doctor overseeing the whole place. And wouldn't you know it, those crazy teens hiked up and decided to skinny dip in our opening sequence. And they do not fare well. No one ever does when they decide to skinny dip in an opening sequence. But what I love about this in the closing sequence, the entire final uh, uh, act of destroying the piranha is eco-terrorism. And that's where we have our hero who dives down underwater in the river system to turn the giant valve to release pollution into the river system (laughs) and kill the piranha. That's what this movie is about. Weird. If you haven't seen it, you it know what? You're still going like to love it. sounds just like my bachelorette party. <laughs> so he holds his breath for about 16 <laughs> minutes. And uh, and so that's what got us thinking about. Got Let's it. look at movies. Okay. That officer, uh, that uh, where we have a character, a central character who's holding their breath crazily. Uh, some of them that I came up with were crazy and they wouldn't hold their breath that long but then i got kind of excited about characters that actually are holding their breath that long and they can do it and it's legit uh you know we just had an article this week where uh they were talking about the production of avatar 2 which takes place all underwater and the characters are having to learn these techniques to hold their breath for upwards of seven minutes these are actors that you know and love who have learned to hold their breath for upwards of seven you could Wait, minutes. humans can do that? Humans can do that. Oh, yeah, is, deep diving or whatever that's called. Free diving. And free what diving. An awesome thing for you to say to introduce my movie, which is oh. 1988's The Big Blue. <gasps> Luke Besson. Luke Besson. That's right. Free diving. Oh, I didn't even think about that. Yeah, free diving. This movie tells the story of Jacques Mayol, played by Jean-Marc Barr, and uh, Enzo Mallorca, played by Jean Reno. 
uh, the oh. professional. We love them. And they have a uh, real sparry relationship about who can dive deepest, who can hold their breath the longest. And this Ugh. took me down some really crazy uh, Wikipedia pages learning about free diving. Do you want free diving? Know? Sounds terrifying. It's. I think you worst. should save that for our other podcast. <laughs> <laughs> it's going. Yeah. It's yeah. going. What's I mean that it. Smell? Uh, I would love to know <laughs> if you could even remotely guess how deep in meters the deepest free diving participant has ever gone. Who's one. the world record? I guess I should say who holds the world record. One meter. Mandy says one. I'm going to say eight. <laughs> Because I'm doing what, that thing that they do on Price is Right. You yeah, know, like, well, you've, you've, I'm pretty sure you both lost um, because that's, you know, that's only like three feet. Yeah, but I'm yikes. short. It, it's actually 253.2 meters. What? I think just, you know, do the math. That's what is Herbert that in bathtubs? Niche. Okay. Herbert niche. Uh, it's over 750 feet. Underwater, holding your breath. He did it in Santorini, Greece in 2012. And nobody ever saw him again. Good for him. Um, I don't know if that's true. Wait, he didn't he come back is, up? No. <laughs> it's easy to have a record if you don't have to still be living. <laughs> right. That is true. Uh, he holds the record and it is crazy. There are all kinds of, of different sports around holding your breath underwater. There's distance, depth, time. People just love holding their breath. And so I'm starting with the big blue. It was uh, probably a guilty pleasure for me right now. Okay. Uh, I don't know that a lot of people love it. I know there are some people on our very team who really, really detest that movie, but I quite enjoyed it. It was a steal. And, you uh, stole it from me. Are you serious? No. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know that movie. <laughs> Mandy, you troll. <laughs> All right. Tommy, you're up. Do you guys ever do, I used to do this as a kid, whenever there was a movie scene where someone had to hold their breath, I would hold my breath along with them Oh yeah, to see if I could. You're such an empath. That is so sweet. <laughs> I've never been able to do it, but I also used to try to hold my breath through tunnels. Maybe I'm just a weirdo. Okay. Anyway, so my list starts with, I. this is from a series of movies that I deeply love, and I used to work with the man that directed the second one, which is not the good one. My answer is <laughs> Mission Impossible. Doves? <laughs> yeah. Ugh. Mine is Mission Impossible Rogue Nation. Tom Cruise, or as I like to call him, Tommy. He has to dive down into a thing, and there's a big robot arms going around, and he holds his breath for the entire time. I believe they said that he held his breath for actually like five minutes in real life. But the whole thing is six! Six minutes! This is hot off the press. But the whole thing, it's weird because it's there's a lot of cgi going on in that scene so it's kind of like why <laughs> why don't you just not do that but either way i love that movie mission impossible rogue nation he holds his breath and there's probably like a file that he was going after i don't know there's a chip there's chips it's a chip chips. there's yeah. chips on files files on chips mandy how about you let me guess the prom <laughs> <laughs> uh well i'm gonna start with the movie that i think one of you might have put on your lists and I want to steal it if possible, right? Rude. That's, oh, yeah. Right. That's, that's, that is how you play the game. And yeah. I've never been called a troll before, Pete, and that's going to haunt me tonight. I just want to say that. <laughs> so, I, like, I don't care for that. Okay. Um, okay. So, we'll do it a lot more so it'll be like exposure do. therapy. You yeah. troll. <laughs> Get me over it. That's our little nickname um, around the house here. I don't know if this is accurate, 
But this oh. is one of the first movies that popped into my mind, and I'm gonna I'm gonna say it with confidence, so you think. Interesting. Oh, you're right. Yes, and that's on my list too. Okay. Splash. <laughs> Does Tom Hanks not like jump in at the end and go underwater God, with her? I do not remember at all. Let's he just does, say that happens. Yeah, I believe that's he does do ends. that. He like goes underwater with her, and they're like swimming around and making googly eyes at each other, and he's underwater for the end of the movie. That's, oh, but but uh, doesn't she give him like secret powers, superpowers? That doesn't um, help my case in making it fit into this list. So <laughs> we're going to say no. Understandable. Yep. Yeah. Uh, splash. I love it. There's, I only remember right. one scene from that entire movie and it's John Candy. They come in and he's in shorts and barefoot fishing in the fish tank that they saved her from. And he goes like, hiya fellas. The end. All right. That was the whole story. And for me, it's the unfurling of the tail in the bathtub. Mm. Flip. Mm. Right. Yeah. And also, aren't they in, isn't it? Uh, we even did and this on the show. And I can't remember. Like the show. She does. Yeah. And now, of course, there's the long hair butt because they digitally added long hair to cover her bare butt in oh. the oh. Disney Plus release. Yeah. Early oh. CGI. Yeah. No, it's today's CGI. Oh. On that movie. Yeah. That's it. They were just oh. very upset about the fact that there was bare butt and has been for 25 years. Now they decided to cover it up. And uh, I remember okay. her fish. All right, Pete, you're up next. Michael Douglas remembers it too. Oh, uh, oh. <laughs> woo! Red Lobster. All right, Pete, go for it. <laughs> I so the the next. <laughs> sorry, the worst. The next criteria that I was uh, that I was sort of trying to massage my way around. Uh, the first one was obviously Big Blue. It was just like these yep. are people who hold their breath for a long time. Free diving, it's a sport, legit. The second, I'm thinking. What makes the the act of holding your breath more ridiculous is what you are doing underwater right at the time you are holding your breath. Okay? So you might not be holding your breath for very long, but you're doing things that make it so you would not be able to hold your breath that long. Yeah. And I uh, feel like uh, for this one, uh, we've got Kingsman, The Secret Service. We have our first deal. <gasps> well played, Pete Wright. Well played, first Now who's uh, the deal. troll? Yeah, you are, remember, from before. Yes, you're still the <laughs> troll. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe you forgot. You yeah. are. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, no, the, it's, the train, it's the training sequence. Absolutely. When Eggsy has to go break through glass and stuff. Mm-hmm. Now, who does, he punches that thing six, seven times and then breaks that giant pane of glass. Yeah. And that is an awful lot of uh, energy. Exertion. Exertion yes. while holding Sounds your breath. Exciting. And I think that's ridiculous. There you go. Kingsman, the Very Secret good. Service. I love it. Standing. Stolen. All right. It's me. Well, now I'm not going to say the Kingsman, so I'm going to erase that. And I'm going to instead say, shelf. if there's one thing that I love as much as holding my breath, it's magic. <laughs> and I am an unapologetic lover of the trashy film series, Now You See Me. And in the <laughs> you very shut first, your mouth. Love it. I love it. I love I the love films. the first one. I love both of them. I and love you both do of too. them too. I've decided that you love the second one almost as much, Mandy. Yes, um, yes. Uh, Isla Fisher, I believe, who was not invited yeah. back to the second one, is oh, speaking of piranhas, right? She's locked in a. a she seems to be doing some kind of um, 
concert in a WWE <laughs> ring. Yes. It's not a yes. legitimate looking venue, but yes, that she's locked in something and then they're going to drop a bunch of piranhas on her and then she dies and she doesn't because magic. And so I'm going to say, now you see me the first one. Now you it seem seems like you are, you're not celebrating the uh, well-known underground trash magic circuit that she obviously <laughs> frequents. It's so much. Right. There's like, I was like, where's the ticket booth yeah. for any of these right. things? It's right. just, they're, they're just performing in the middle of a street. And he's like, I made rain go up. Goodbye. <laughs> magic. Like, this no is, one. Yeah, this is straight up like Deer Hunter. It's Deer, Deer Hunter, Hunter Apocalypse yeah. Now sequence where like she's going to go on and then they're going to come on with the with the little guns and they're going to everybody's going to throw their money down and it's that's yeah. what it is. <laughs> Trash magic. You heard it here. Trash magic. All right, Mandy, what do you got? The same movie as I had the first time. Only animated. <laughs> the Little Mermaid. <laughs> Prince oh. Eric also goes under to pursue his love. I assume anybody holding their breath is doing it for love. Which is my theme in honor of Rob Cabasco that my theme goes through yeah. because my third one oh, has so to do good. with love as well because I'm a loving person, not a troll. Oh. <laughs> you really made an impact tonight. This is fantastic. The Little Mermaid. Uh, the okay. Little Mermaid. The I thing is, I never feared for Prince Eric because he was a cartoon. <laughs> He was dreamy. He was. <laughs> I mean, he's I would so know. Dreamy. Paul Rudd. I'll say it. Ageless. Oh. Ageless. Did you know yeah. he's also 50? Weird. It's All right. So weird. All right. My last one. Yeah. This was really, this turns out this is really difficult. And I can't wait for the uh, honorable mentions because my list is long and distinguished. Uh, but I am going to go here to uh, Sigourney if Weaver. So if yeah. I may say so myself, yes. Uh, I am going for uh, Sigourney Weaver in Alien Resurrection. We have our second steal. A second steal. Oh, um, man, oh, man. Alien Resurrection. Yeah, this is Alien Ripley getting all wiggly in the water. That is actually, I'm not a huge fan of that movie, but oh, that sequence is legitimately terrifying. To be able to be almost out of breath and then to have an alien poke chase, you back. Yikes. Chase yikes, and pull yikes, you. Yikes. And yeah, like the things you are doing underwater would make it impossible for you to do anything else underwater. Yeah. Other than die. <laughs> I re- <laughs> Which is what I, the aliens do. I really thought that no one was going to bring that one up. I was so proud of myself. All right. Fair enough, Pete. (laughs) All right. What's your uh, trash pick? Because Uh, I've now now taken two. We're now at your number five. Uh, He doesn't have a number five. Look at him panic. (laughs) (laughs) Um, It's between two. I have two more. Are you um, checking the shelf? Excellent. Yep, just gotta check the shelf. Right. Just gotta do a quick Google. Oh, geez, water's always, boiling. Be right well, back. This, this happened last. This happened last week. Remember, you stole yeah. all of mine, and I had to look. But I know Ooh, I have my, one. My chicken fried steak is ready. I'll be right back. Oh, I do have one. This is actually one that I wanted to do on. Uh, a no, no, wait, hear me out. I am a big fan of this movie, and it's pretty drowny, and it is. <laughs> The remake of Poseidon. (gasps) Kurt Russell. The original was the Poseidon Adventure. Kurt Russell, a bunch of other people, Johnny Drama, who plays Johnny Drama. (laughs) And I think it is a really exciting and really good movie. This was the chance for Josh Lucas. 
Yeah. The star Josh Lucas, who is completely movie star handsome. In this movie, he's like, so he plays the Gene Hackman role, which is like the leader, come with me if you want to live, Terminator yep. style. Which is odd because he took over the voiceover for Home Depot or Lowe's from Gene Hackman. <gasps> that is true. <laughs> Weird. That so they're just following amazing. each other around. We, <laughs> should, we, we should have done your trivia game. Yes. So um, Josh Lucy, because this was his big chance to be a leading man on a tentpole movie. Unfortunately, the movie really underperformed. But I think it's really fun and really suspenseful. And I kind of feel like you watch Kurt Russell drown in real time. So I don't know if that's unrealistic breath holding, but it's pretty remarkable. So, yes, there's a lot of people drowning, holding their breath. Good work. So Poseidon. much breath holding. Yep. So much. Extraordinary breath holding. Excellent pick. All right, Mandy, bring it home. So again, doing it for love. Oh. And now this one, I thought I nailed it. This was like the first one that occurred to me after Splash. Uh, and my lovely husband, Jeremy, was like, no, no, no. He really wasn't holding his breath. He really was drowning. Oh. <laughs> um, but oh. then it has a happy ending, and I think he was holding his breath because he was a young boy who wanted the hot lifeguard to save him and give him mouth to mouth. I'm going Sandlot. <laughs> wow. Wow. Oh, man. I, I have to tell you. I think he and held his breath under that water, pretending he needed to be saved. That <laughs> is controversial a, take. That is a controversial take. You know what? I think hashtag I stand with Mandy. <gasps> yes. Oh, my yeah. goodness. Tom? I, I don't stand with trolls, but no, it sounds great. <laughs> I'm just kidding. I love that. I don't remember uh, Sandlot that much. I watched it very late in life after it was not enjoyable. Uh, so I only remember the big dog, but uh, I don't remember the scene of which you say, but I believe in you <laughs> as a person. And I want you're, you to succeed. You're, kill you're killing me, Smalls. You remember that? <laughs> right. Oh. Yes. Good choice. That is a great choice. Uh, Thanks. Do, uh, holding your breath for love. I, I'd mm -hmm. like to imagine now that every love scene involves some holding your... I bet Cusack was holding his breath with the thing. I'll well, bet he's he just holding his been. breath. Yeah. I'm, I looked up um, as a backup that movie Wild Things because I remembered Ned Campbell <gasps> and Denise She Richards comes up out of the water. Pool. Yeah. <laughs> and I was like, if they were in a pool and they were making out, you have to hold your breath to There's do holding that. Breath. <laughs> but I couldn't find a scene where they were kissing in a pool. But I, in my mind, they were. They 100% were in oh, yeah. that movie. I actually okay. can see it on that. I like, were that they wearing movie, coconut bras? Honey? That movie is, they are nope. in my cut. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I upload all of my movies to Final Cut Pro and I just apply coconut bees. <laughs> Uh, I don't, okay, none of my uh, extra picks were that good compared to those last ones. Um, uh, my my what, only what other have? one that I just thought of was The Abyss. Yeah, The Abyss. Which I deeply love, and that's a huge amount of uh, breath holding. It was ridiculous. But she was already dead, so she earned it. Right. Oh, so good. Did you have any backups, Spoiler. Mandy? Uh, Wild Things. Was Wild my, Things. That was, was your backup. backup. Oh, oh. Um, oh, and then a, another one that I theorized the shape of water, but I looked it up on Coda. We're not supposed to bring it up because it's been brought up. No, you can bring it up again. You just have to be able to justify I'm it. Very scared of getting Very in trouble scared. on this podcast. <laughs> oh, oh, my goodness. This yeah. is what I, I wanted to avoid. In my memory, she holds her breath and goes under with him. But again, yeah. I, I remember that from Splash and we're not sure if that happened. But for this list, it happened. I love it. Sure confidence. Yep. I had, uh, I had James Bond in Casino Royale. Vesper's last breath in the elevator underwater. He dives oh, in. Oh, in Venice? 
Yeah. No. Yeah. Yes. She's going okay, yeah. down. Oh, that's right. He's like, he's swimming and he's dressed and I think he's still wearing his shoes, which we all know is not possible. Come on. But the guy's still a torpedo. Fine. But then he's like trying to break open the metal bars, the carriage on the elevator and reach for her. And you see air bubbles coming out of his nose. He would be dead. I don't believe it. I just don't believe he could. Even James Bond. Um, Paul Giamatti. You remember Paul Giamatti's underwater investigation sequence in Lady in the Water, where he 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 swims un, in the pool because there's like hair in the pool and he finds what's, a human sized what's Lady in the Water? M Night Shyamalan. M Night Shyamalan. Oh, that the his real fall from grace. That's right. I saw that. That movie was right? insane. Of course you did. Yeah, it was okay. bonkers. But he goes underwater and he finds like the little crazy alien rocks and he's opens it. There just happens to be a giant human-sized grate and tunnel under their pool. And he, so, but he does a lot of investigation by the time he finds the door. I just don't believe <laughs> Giamatti can hold his breath that long. I just don't believe it. Uh, and finally, do you remember, this one I did because of Portland. Do you remember Men of Honor? Yes. No. Wait. Cuba yes. Go- Cuba Gooding Jr. and yes. uh, De Niro. Right? Uh-huh. No. I, no. Oh wait. Uh, so they're Cuba- underwater. <laughs> they wear the big helmets and they go underwater. Yes, in a bar. Yes, That's it was right. a bar. It was a bar dare, and they That's had to hold right. their breath. That was the stupidest sequence That's of a, a litany of stupid sequences leading to the stupidest finale in the courtroom. That that uh, they. I mean, it's it it sullied courtroom sequences forever. Oh. Now I want to see it. You yeah, really sold that one. The worst. <laughs> That's what we got for uh, <laughs> breath holding sequences. Yay, us. Uh, and now we get to move on to next week's film. We are continuing our Aquatic Killers series with 1997's Eric Stoltz vehicle, Anaconda. 1997. Uh, do you know my favorite <laughs> moment of Anaconda? I have a. I, would you like me to guess? Yes. The magical waterfall? <laughs> yep. <laughs> Mandy, in Anaconda, which I assume you... That's Fantasia. I assume you have not seen, oh. is there is an establishing <laughs> shot of the boat. They're all on a dumb snake hunting boat, and it pulls in, and there's a waterfall in the background. Clearly, they forgot to get a establishing shot of the boat leaving, so they run the exact uh-huh. same shot backwards and the sure. waterfall is going up and this was a movie old tiny mo- movie released trip. in theaters <laughs> yes yeah yeah it's insane yeah. it's rough brought to you by the studios of boomerang well and you know yeah, <laughs> that's exactly right you know what's funny about this movie is it, it really exists like at this collision of like animatronics and cg and the cg the animatronics were great, but still, you could kind of you you would not be able to believe it 100. percent And then the uh, CG was terrible, and so jamming them together just just didn't didn't really work. But the I had a great time with this movie, and I just uh, I did so many tropes, so many tropes. I love all the tropes, and so the movie knows what it is too. Any movie yeah. where a snake spits out John Voight and he winks and then yeah. gets re-eaten, the movie knows that it's trash. So mm-hmm. go for it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So we have uh, we have a bunch of opportunity here. I think we have just grand opportunity to come up with a great list for next week's crew. I would like to suggest one because I've seen the movie. Yeah, this is delightful. A, in a real, can be fairly mid to big budget movie, an obvious movie mistake. Obvious, like, like, big budget, like the, but obvious movie mistakes. Uh, 
Correct. Exactly. Like you can see the grip in the background or a plane, a plane it. flies over Lord of the Rings, something like that. Snubs and um, So I, I've well, got obvious like, like movie mistakes. Error yes. or something. Oh, good. you want to call it that? Continuity errors in big budget movies? Mm-hmm. Is that good? I love that. Do we that. like that? Sure. Mm-hmm. All right. So we also have a list of things that we've come up with uh, to choose from. If you don't have any others that you're super excited about or inspired for, uh, let's run through the list. Movies in the Amazon. There are a lot of Amazon movies. I think we can drill down from there. How about don't go off in the dark to have sex in a horror movie? Oof, that's every horror movie, though. All the horror movies. Yeah. Uh, We John Voight. You already mentioned John Voight. He is spectacular. In this movie, do you want to go see the Anaconda? (laughs) Yeah, he's from eight different countries at once. Oh, you think they don't eat people? (laughs) Okay. (laughs) Um, uh, So, over the top accents, perhaps? That's Uh, fun. I I love that one. I I think we could even have like over the top international like portrayals. You know, his whole character Mm -hmm. is. Sure. But I don't know. Maybe over the top accents is. I like that one. Let's do that one. Okay. (laughs) Wow. Sorry, is that not how? Decisive. Yeah, no, no it's I good. Like no, it, this is a whole new Tommy. Mm. <laughs> uh, we have animal hunters slash poachers. Poaching Too movies. Sad. That's really okay. Nope. How about uh, let's follow a film crew movies. Uh, movies where we're because, you know, this is a National oh, Geographic yeah. film crew. They go off to do a thing. Uh-huh. Movies where they're making movies. I yeah. like that one. That's oh, a funny me, one. Me too. Let, As let me just run through the rest and see if that one sticks. Uh, nope, I've made my decision. Okay, go ahead. <laughs> unique camera positions. Uh, possible hero taken out early in the in the movie, uh, uh, or taken out early by a mole in the group. Uh, and this was Oof. a play on Eric Stoltz, who's in the movie for about 37 seconds. I don't remember him. Okay. And then uh, Frank Welker making a unique animal noise. So really, we're looking at the catalog of Frank Welker movies. He does play the role of the snake in this oh, movie. Oh, okay. Got yeah. it. Uh, and the last is snakes. Why did it have to be snakes? <laughs> Just snakes movies in general? about snakes. <laughs> I like all of those. I will all vote. I vote for Let's Follow the Film Crew because Hollywood mm-hmm. loves movies about movies. And that's what I'm going to say. Mandy? I want Tommy to stop calling me a troll, so I will agree with him. Because <laughs> everything he says is pure Let's magic. I love Follow it. the film crew gets it. That's next week. Or movies uh, about proms. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that's what we got. Uh, good show, everybody. Thank you for downloading listening to this show. Do you want to vote? We're going to leave it up to members to vote. If you want to vote in the challenge, head over to the Show Talk channel in the Next Real Discord community. You can lend your vote to the chaos that is list picking and movie sabotage each week. How do you get access to the Show Talk channel, you ask? Great question. All you have to do is head over to patreon.com slash the next reel and become a supporter of the next reel family of podcasts. For five bucks a month, you will become a concessionaire supporter and get access to show live streams as we record, early access to shows in your very own personal podcast feed, and access to the super secret member channels in the next reel Discord. Thanks everybody for supporting us. For those who already have, and uh, for those still thinking about it, uh, head on over. Give it a give it a shot. Patreon.com slash the next reel. Hooray! Thanks, everybody. Mandy Kaplan, good to see you again. You're not a troll. Tommy still thinks you are. And you as well. Thank you. Tommy. Goodbye forever. You're all right. Thank you. I'm doing my best. Happy Saturday, everybody. We did it! 
I love the conversations that so many of our hosts have had on their shows. Steve and JJ on Trailer Rewind, Ray and Ocean on Silver Linings, even Tommy's short-lived No, No, Wait, Hear Me Out. And so many films they've discussed started out as a book, a play, or even a TV series. Well, now you can support our whole family of podcasts by using our new Originals page to buy the original source material used to inspire films covered on our shows. Just visit thenextreel.com slash originals. Your purchases made through our links give us a small commission at no extra cost to you and allow us to keep having these fantastic conversations. It's a wonderful way to support the show. Producing these podcasts week after week require a ton of work behind the scenes. If you'd like to help support our efforts, try using our originals page when shopping for books and movies that we've covered. It's your one-stop shop for Amazon and Apple links where you can buy the book, play, video game, movie, etc. upon which the movie is based. Original material for trailer rewind movies like If Beale Street Could Talk, The Goldfinch, Aniara, or The Two Faces of January, or Silver Linings movies like Repo Men, which was based on the repossession Mambo. Plus, by using those links to buy books, Amazon and Apple show us a little bit of love, which allows you to support our family of shows with minimal effort. Visit thenextreel.com slash originals. It's a fantastic way to support the show and find a great book to read. That's right. Head over to thenextreel.com slash originals to find your next read and get started today. Mm-hmm.